everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome everyone to the Jersey Church Podcast. It is great to be back with you. I am Todd Smeltzer here with my co-host Matt Reed. Good morning to you, Reed. How are you doing, Todd? Good, good. And uh, it's been a, it's been a, you know an interesting morning. You know, we won't go into all those fun details on the technological challenges that we've overcome. But you know what? This take is going to run flawlessly. I, ju- I just have a just have a feeling about it. So anyhow, uh, we are in uh, our season three, episode number six on following Christ in a pandemic, and where we have been talking about. All right, what does it look like to connect with Christ? What does it look like to connect in community? And today we turn our attention to what does it look like to connect with our calling, both on a, on a small scale, uh, as well as potentially on a larger scale. And then we'll eventually move on to connecting in uh, with uh, with God's the Great Commission. So, uh, So looking forward to what we have in store today. You really had to think of that last seed, didn't you? I had it. It was just like, <laughs> no, you, you don't, you rarely say the, I don't say commission as much as I say great commission. So yeah, it was just a little, yeah. yeah. These, these, these seeds have been a challenge for us, but Todd, you knew it. You were just, you were just getting it out. So good job. Exactly. Thank you. And uh, you know, we're not going to do another take and take that out, you know, cause we are going to keep going and uh, this one is going to work out. So. But uh, so anyhow, I'm going to throw it over to uh, to Reed to kick us off with this idea of calling and uh, and look forward to our conversation today. Yeah. So when we talk about calling, I think people automatically go to being called as a full time vocational pastor or as a full time vocational missionary. Right. And, and so when we talk about calling and a lot of times when we talk about in the church, People are thinking, well, you know, that's not me. I don't feel that calling, so I'm just going to keep living my life. But I really believe, and, and Todd, I think you agree with me on this, that God calls everybody to specific tasks. You know, in Ephesians 2.10, uh, it talks about how God has, uh, has, has, has reached people for, you know, through Christ and brought them to himself, and that he has prepared them. Uh, or equip them, I'm sorry, equip them for works that he's prepared beforehand for them to do. And what that tells me is that everybody has something to do for God, and he is equipping them and preparing them to do those things he knows that are going to happen. And and, and in essence, that is calling, meaning you are called to do something for the Lord. Um, And we could get into a lot of general calling stuff of, you know, we worship God and we tell others about him. But I also think God has specific callings for each person, that you're not just where you're at in life by chance, but that he has placed you there. Even if maybe you got there by some disobedience or uh, by some ignoring of God, you know, it's kind of like Jonah. God didn't let him go, but God guided him back. And uh, and it's part of Jonah's story. And so, so I think that that is, uh, for everybody who believes in Jesus Christ, God has a calling on their life. And it's, and it's not lesser than um, somebody who's called to work in a church full-time or lesser than somebody who's called to full-time missions. Or, you know, nowadays there's a lot of not-for-profits that are, are doing some great things for the kingdom. Um, and, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of look at those. And sometimes I feel envious 
uh, of like, man, look at what they're doing. But but my calling's no less than what maybe is the newest, greatest thing that God is using uh, right now, um, because it's not, he's called me to do what I'm doing, not what somebody else is doing. Um, I love this quote of, um, and I'm going to forget the rabbi's name, but he said, when I get to heaven, uh, uh, this is a Jewish rabbi, when I get to heaven, God's not going to look at me and say, why weren't you Moses? He's going to look at me and say, why weren't you you? And I think that is huge for us. You know, when, when I get to heaven, he's not, God's not going to look at me and say, why were you not taught? Why didn't you act like Todd Smeltzer? Why didn't you act like Pastor John? He's going to look at me and say, Matt, I had specific things for you to do. Did you do them? And, uh, and so I think that's huge for everybody. But Todd, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Now, I appreciate that uh, clarification because I think when, yeah, when people hear the word called or calling, they can take it so many different directions, you know, because uh, it can be used in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, for instance, you know, some of us are called to marriage and uh, others are not. Some uh, marriages are called to, uh, to have kids and, uh, and some are not. Uh, and then even on a day-to-day basis or, uh, you know, a season-to-season basis where we, we sense um, a calling to uh, a certain type of work or a certain type of ministry. So I think it can be used a lot of different ways. And, um, yeah, I definitely would agree in, in terms of uh, this is not meant to, in no way, uh, would we want to diminish the calling to full-time ministry or to full-time uh, mission work? We just had a, you know, missions emphasis this past month, and and it was, uh, it was a, it was a real blessing to see, uh, you know, some students just wrestling with, all right, what does it look like uh, to uh, to be called in those different directions? But like you said, at the same time. Uh, we are all called to follow Christ and to uh, live out his great commission. And that acts as a, uh, a banner or a, uh, you know, an overarching command that within that, how is the Lord leading us to make disciples? Uh, and where might that be? You know, one of, one of my good friends is in, um, uh, runs a metal recycling business and you would think uh, somebody would be called to that type of work. And he would clearly tell you that he was absolutely called to that, has <clears throat> developed a passion and a niche, knows it inside out, uh, is an incredible trader, and, uh, but loves the Lord dearly and is looking to make disciples under that. I mean, there are other... Um, uh, there's a uh, one of our uh, grow group leaders and RD leaders um, runs a uh, runs a small business in the area, and he would he would clearly that God has gifted him to run businesses. Uh, there's just no doubt in uh, his mind, my mind, uh, or probably anybody else's that knows him, and he's he's uniquely wired that way, and uh, and doing an incredible work in terms of. Uh, uh, looking for ways to to reach people within that uh, that specific calling, uh, but and I think the list could go on and on to uh, to teachers and to uh, the medical field uh, and that type of thing. Yeah, you know my my dad, um, my dad came to know Christ later in life, um, and he had a passion for the sport of wrestling. He wrestled in college, and he was a teacher. 
And um, when my dad came to know Christ, he, he was challenged by the call in the scriptures to make disciples. And so he began to this journey of learning how to do that. And, and you know, I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't until I was already kind of uh, out of out of high school that my dad realized the wrestling team that he met with, you know, week in and week out uh, were, were guys that he could disciple. And some of them were believers. And so he started a Bible study for some of them. Some were non-believers and he would share the gospel with him. But that was a community of people that my dad was called to. And, and not only did he have an impact with the ones at his high school, but in the, the high schools that he competed against as well. And, you know, just watching my dad's reputation kind of precede him as somebody who loved Jesus and then giving him opportunities to share Christ with people at other schools. Um, you know, that was, but that was his calling. He, you know, he served in the church, but he was not a full-time pastor ever. But I don't know if anybody has had an impact in the sport of wrestling in that area like my dad has. Uh, because he accepted the call of Christ, um, and and God used one of his passions. So so again, it's yeah, it's just um, you know so many stories like that. And I know some of the guys that you're talking about, and you know godly men that sometimes I envy the opportunities they have uh, to share the gospel because God's placed them around you know people who don't know Jesus and people who want to know Jesus, and He's given them authority and leadership, and and so so yeah, it's just you have to look at where God has placed you with your calling. So. Absolutely. So, um, so you have been doing some work uh, for uh, for a number of weeks now on uh, a book called Holy Ambition by Chip Ingram. And we haven't mentioned Chip for uh, probably at least a week or two. So uh, it was like we were due. But anyhow, uh, I thought I would uh, throw it over to you and uh, to, to give us a, a little bit of an outline from that uh, from that book w- with uh, with regard to all right, wrestling with, all right, am I uh, doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord, where I'm supposed to be doing it, and, uh, and when I'm supposed to be doing it. So talk a little bit about that, uh, that outline from Holy Ambition. Yeah, yeah. So again, the book is Holy Ambition. And so pretty much anything I say from this point, just consider it citing Chip Ingram. Um, and very, very, I'll tell you if it's an original thought, because the original thoughts are going to be few and far between. Um, but this, this book has really impacted my life and, uh, and where he starts with, you know, for, for, he calls the book, Holy Ambition and what we would are been talking about with calling, you know, Chip just changed it to the phrase, Holy Ambition. So they mean the same thing. So your Holy Ambition is your calling. Um, and he, he starts out with though, he's saying, if you want to find what your Holy Ambition is, what your calling is, uh, you have to, you have to develop what's called a dislocated heart. Uh, and on page 38 in the book, um, it said, he's, he describes a dislocated heart as this. It is a God-given concern that propels us beyond our comfortable routine. It is a passionate concern for God's people and God's agenda that supersedes our personal comfort and prosperity. So basically what he's saying is, is your holy ambition or your dislocated heart um, is something that you would put beyond what you yourself uh, feel as comfortable or feel as good for yourself. You know, you'd say, you know, I, I'm, my heart is dislocated for this issue, for these people, and I'm going to put them ahead of my own comfort, ahead of my own prosperity, ahead of my own wants and desires, because I feel so broken for them. You know, my heart is so dislocated. I don't know if anybody's ever had like a dislocated limb, uh, but they hurt real bad. And so this, this idea of your heart being dislocated uh, for a group of people, you know, in, in Romans chapter nine, Paul gives us his, 
when he's talking about his brothers and sisters uh, in as uh, as Jews, and he says, "Look, look, I would give up my own life and salvation for that. That all the other Jewish people would come to know Christ. You know, that shows his heart of like, man, I would give up everything." if the nation of Israel would all come back to Jesus, you know, because that's how much he loved them. And, and so I just, I love that picture. Um, and, you know, but, it, but at the same time, dislocated hearts are, uh, they hurt. And so sometimes we avoid them. Um, but another, another biblical example we see is in the book of Nehemiah, but Todd, what do you, uh, well, tell me what your thoughts on that before I move on to Nehemiah, I could talk all day on this. So what are some of your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, it it just reminded me of uh, of different stages in our life where uh, where you just you develop this burden for for something you know or for a uh, a people group or for um, uh, a uh, just something that a need and uh, and because I was trying to put myself in the, the listener's shoes. Okay, when was there a time in my life when um, I noticed something that uh, could have dislodged my heart, could have dislocated it in a way that uh, would lead me to, uh, to do something more about that? And, you know, I think for, uh, for Julie and I, we've, you know, we've talked in the past about uh, uh, our, uh, our, time in the, uh, the foster care system. And, uh, but that was years in the making. I mean, it was, we remember back, it was probably, I'd say at least 10, 12 years ago when we, uh, felt called to, um, uh, the potential of adopting and, uh, looked into it overseas at, uh, uh, just a long story, just, um, the Lord closed some doors there and just things didn't work out. And, but, uh, but that had always been in the back of our mind and, uh, and the Lord just, uh, would not allow us to let that go, you know? And, uh, and so I think sometimes when it comes to a dislocated heart, I think there are examples where, um, people recognize it right away that this burden is so strong, uh, so intense that I have to move in this direction right away. I think there are other times when we are called to, th- I think we see this through scripture in terms of, um, especially in the patriarchs of the Old Testament, you know, when uh, uh, Abraham gets the call and then 25, that always astounds me, 25 years later, uh, this this comes to pass. And so it wasn't quite that long for us, but when we went through the foster care system and it didn't turn out uh, the way we thought in terms of adoption, but uh, it's given us an opportunity to uh, to still be involved in that family's life, even though uh, um, the uh, the kids aren't with us anymore. We still see them on a regular basis. So I think it it uh, it is something that once the Lord grips your heart with, uh, it can move fast at times. It can move slow at times. But uh, but recognizing all right, what is it's just will not leave my, uh, my heart and mind. And uh, as just a, I think a personal example of, okay, what does it look like? Or, or how do we know when our heart's been disconnected in some way? Yeah. Well, and, I, and Todd, I love that example of, you know, you and Julie and, and praying through adoption and foster care. Cause you're right. Like I remember I came in on the tail end of that, you know, like, you know, and, and you were, you were sharing about it and the impact that you and Julie have had uh, just loving those kids and the family. Um, but then also what I love about that is now I know I'm going to say this, but please hear me for what I am saying. 
you know, Todd, like you and Julie worked through that for, for years and then took the step and uh, the step on paper um, was a big step, but you know, it's not like you said, well, Hey, we're going to try to adopt 20 kids. You said, we're just, you know, and so it was like, God led you little step by little step by little step. Now I've, I've never fostered, um, but listening to you and, and some of the things that you guys worked through with the family, it's not an easy task. And so like, it, but I just see how the steps got bigger and bigger and bigger. The more you guys leaned into that dislocated heart um, to the point where you had the impact you guys did on the kids and you're getting them this weekend, right? You're going to get to see them this weekend. Yes, finally. It's been since uh, before Christmas. So we are uh, very excited to um, see the little guys. They're about three and a half now and uh, it should be a hoot. So uh, that'll be great. So, but I, but I think that whole process, that's normal, that, that God's not going to make you jump from zero to 60, but he's going to kind of warm you up and help you take steps. But, but he won't give you the next steps if you don't lean into him uh, with those little steps. Um, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that to condemn anybody if you feel like you've missed a step, because I have too, but it is, a, it is a good motivator of going, okay, God, what's the next step? You know, like, I don't want, you know, I remember I was at a conference uh, and this, uh, the presenter was talking about small businesses versus big enterprises and the blessings of, of each, but he was leaning more towards small businesses because uh, you know, he was kind of against the big movements. And uh, this one girl in the back, she was real frustrated. She goes, but we can't stop really big movements. We've got to go big and go you know, you know, shoot for the stars, and, which is a lot of what we've been told. But then the professor just said, you know what? I think everything you said is great. What I'm finding is when people shoot for the stars, more often than not, they fail. But when they start taking little steps, what starts small gets big quick. Um, and so, you know, he was just saying, start small and work your, and work your way up as opposed to trying to do this huge thing all at once. And I think that's how God works. You know, he gives us a little bit and he kind of refines us. And, and sometimes it, like you said, Todd, it shoots off and gets big real quick. Other times it's years in the making and that's okay because that's God's working in you. You know, it, you, God's not expecting you to be this glamorous celebrity overnight. He wants you to be faithful to his plan and his journey. Absolutely. And there were there were many times over that uh, 10, 12 years that, uh, that, you know, we really had to question and seek the Lord on, did we miss it? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas there is this window of opportunity back here. And did we let fear get in the way? Did we, uh, were we disobedient? Was there, uh, uh, should we have uh, done anything different because it didn't work out the way that we initially thought it was going to. And, that took some real wrestling with the Lord. So uh, again, if you find yourself in a, uh, in, a, in a place where my calling has been made crystal clear and I feel I'm right where I need to be doing exactly what I need to be doing, then praise God. If yeah. you find yourself in a place where, I don't know. I remember I asked my dad when I, I uh, my first career change before the call to ministry, I remember going to him and, and uh he was fortunate to be able to retire fairly early from the, the state of Ohio. And I said, dad, boy, I've really been wrestling with this. What, you know, what direction the Lord wants me to take. And I just don't know. And he's like, son, I, uh, I'm about ready to retire. And 
I don't know with 100% certainty if I, yeah. <laughs> so that gave me some peace of mind to know, yeah. all right, if he's still wrestling with it at his age, uh, then uh, I guess I don't feel quite as bad wrestling with it at that age. So, yeah, no, that's, that's good because I, I think God takes us through seasons too, right? Like he gives us confidence in some seasons so that we, we, we grow and then he gives us some wondering um, in the next season so that we grow closer to him. And I'm just, ex- uh, I'm just always blown away by how much Jesus talks about faith in the gospels to his disciples. Do you have faith? Do you not yet have faith? And I think faith doesn't come from getting what we want right away. Faith comes from believing that God is going to give us what he said he's going to give us and waiting for it to happen. And, and not letting our faith waver in those times. And that's really hard. And so I don't think God expects perfection in that, but I, I think he expects, or he, he will see growth in it. I think he knows you'll grow in it as if you keep leaning into him. So absolutely. Yeah. So on our next um, step here is uh, you've got it entitled developing a dislocated heart. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, dislocated hearts, um, don't come without work. Um, you know, it's it, finding God's calling on your life. You know, sometimes God makes it clear and, and for some people it might seem easy, but for everybody, there's, there's work involved because you're seeking the Lord and God's asking, you know, God's not asking, he's, God's wanting you to lean into him so that he can give you more. But if, and, and so that takes a, that takes a little bit of work and, and obviously this isn't work for salvation. This isn't works so that you can make it happen, but this is work because if it's God really speaking to you, then you want to put your heart and soul into it. Um, and so there, you know, Chip Ingram has three things for, uh, you know, developing a dislocated heart and here's the three, and then we can talk through them individually. But uh, the first one is honest, having an honest and personal self-evaluation. So an honest and personal self-evaluation. Number two is genuine repentance, genuine repentance. And number three is thoughtful consideration of what's going to happen. Thoughtful consideration of what's going to happen. Uh, and Chip's got some great questions in the book. Uh, going back to number one, an honest personal self-evaluation. Um, that's what that's basically saying is, you know, do you know where are you at with the Lord? You need to sit down and go, where is my life at? Who am I? And you know what? What are my struggles? What are my strengths? What are my um, vices? And what are my values? You know, and just just take. And a lot of times when you do this, you you can read scripture and compare yourself to it and go, okay, how am I doing at this? Do I have any hidden idols in my life? Um, and and I think it's it's things like that where you know you you begin to see yourself for who you really are, not who you pretend to be or who you want yourself to be, but who you really are. And I love some questions he has here in, uh, on page 43 uh, in Holy Ambition. He, he says, you know, some questions to ask yourself in this step is, do I really care for the people around me each day? What's the evidence? Am I so wrapped up in the details of my life that other people are, in, are interruptions rather than opportunities to serve Christ? What needs to change? And then finally, does it matter to me what's happening in other places in the world? Have I become so desensitized to the pain and suffering all around me? Uh, well, sorry, have I become desensitized to the pain and suffering all around me? Unfortunately, the answer for most of us is yes. When all of our excuses and rationalizations are pushed aside, most of us have to admit we simply don't care enough to do something. But a dislocated heart responds to that. 
you know, it makes me think of the, uh, the great, the greatest commandment to love God and to love others. And I think we often fail in that just because we're not looking. And so this first step is just let's, let's admit that maybe we're not perfect and that, you know, there's some things in our life that need to change. So. No, I really like those questions because I, I think it, it really calls for people to slow down, you know, and I think it, it, you and I both talk to uh, interact with, uh, with a lot of different people and, and how many people do you run across that, uh, boy, it is, uh, it is, it is work, it is family and, uh, much else outside of that, uh, it's difficult to squeeze anything else in because there is, um, they have enough on their plate to be plenty consumed with uh, life in general. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I think people can go along the end. Obviously, there's a lot within that uh, that does afford um, minister opportunities and calling in terms of uh, where we're working uh, and um, uh, living out our calling within our family. But I think what you're talking about is... Uh, uh, all right. Is that, uh, is there anything beyond that, that has really gripped you? Uh, because I think oftentimes we can just be so full of, of just everyday life that, uh, we don't stop and consider the question that, that you're talking about. Uh, and so I think that as I'm, uh, wrestling with, with some of those questions myself and, and trying to put myself in other people's shoes, uh, it also is becoming apparent that uh, we're going to need another episode again. Uh, this has actually happened uh, uh, the last uh, three C's as well, and or maybe this is the third one. So, uh, you know, I think that we've made some headway, but I, I think not to leave you off with a cliffhanger, but maybe that's good. You know, maybe that is, uh, you know, we, uh, we're leaving it with a little bit of a loose end here, but maybe that's for the best to... Uh, uh, to look forward to coming back next time to, to round out what does it look like to develop this dislocate art, maybe some additional personal examples and examples from other people we know. Uh, and then um, and then we've got a couple other steps to talk about as well. So, Well, in other episodes, gives us some time to, uh, to, to figure out our own dislocated heart, right, Todd? Exactly. Yes. Yes. That, that will be good to, uh, to talk about as well. So wait, we appreciate you guys being with us and we look forward to being back with you next week again. Take care. Bye.